Hello everyone, it's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story. The big picture questions and the most interesting research in science. Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. Can I ask, can I ask you a favor? Yes. Would you uh, stop hanging your bras on the bathroom doorknob? No. Please? What's your, what's your deal? Well... I was in there because I was having a lactose intolerant moment. <laughs> and so I rushed in there and I slammed the door and I locked it. And then when I tried to get out, mm-hmm. uh, your bra got caught in the lock and, and, and I, was tra- I was trapped in the... Did in- you damage my bra? Because those are expensive. No, I didn't. It's da- okay, though. Your, your bra's fine. It's fine? Yeah. All right, then let's move on. <laughs> I was I was a little alarmed because I was considering crawling out the window. No, it's how I dry them after I wash them. And then I thought maybe once I did get out, I, I thought, well, I'll just move them over to the bedroom door. But that's where you keep all your bathing suits. Yeah, that's where I dry them after I wash them. So I should get a fire escape for the bathroom window. Right, or um, a reasonable closet situation. Again with the closets. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to win that fight. It's the Box of Oddities, and we are just delighted that you are here, theboxofoddities.com. And if you've got um, a suggestion for us or a correction for us, I'm sure you do. They (laughs) are not few and far between. Um, Or if you want to say hey, then you can email us at curator at theboxofoddities.com. So we got this message from one of our beloved freaks. I can't tell you guys how much I love this podcast, but if you guys say ancient alien theorist one more time, dot, dot, dot. My favorite show ever is Ancient Aliens, and uh, they say they are ancient astronaut theorists. I was too nervous to message you before, but uh, I'm two Coronas deep now (laughs) and and watching Ancient Aliens and uh, went on a mini rant to my husband about it. He also loves the podcast and he jumped on the uh, couch and said, oh my God, do it. 
tell them they need to know. So here we are. They need to know. Uh, you had written, oh my God, uh, we were just watching ancient aliens and they said ancient astronaut theorists. And I yelled, has it always been this way? Jethro insists that they used to say ancient alien theorists. But now I'm starting to wonder, is this the Mandela effect? <laughs> Which leads me to today's topic, the Mandela Effect. Yay! First, let me just address the ancient alien theorist thing. Yeah. I'm fairly certain that's what they did maybe in earlier seasons, so I'm going to go back and research that. I meant to do that before the podcast, but I got distracted. I was locked in the bathroom in that bra incident. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's probably the Mandela Effect, or um, I'm right. So what is the Mandela Effect? The Mandela Effect is a belief that some differences between one's memories and uh, the real world are caused by changes in events in or in past events in the timeline. Uh, many people seem to recall that Nelson Mandela died in prison back in the 80s. Of course, he was released from prison and was elected president of South Africa in the mid to late 90s. A lot of people seem to think that uh, it's either like a parallel universe thing, mm -hmm. that maybe they have crossed over unknowing to them into a parallel universe, uh, or that it has to do with somebody going back in time and making a small change, which cascades down through the years, much like uh, the butterfly effect, which is a chaos theory thing. Not to be confused with uh, Ray Bradbury's short story, A Sound of Thunder, that we talked about in a couple of episodes ago. Yes. Oh, that's such a good story. Oh, it's one of my favorites. It's about a time safari in uh, 2055. Some people go back in time to, to see dinosaurs, not to hunt them, but to see them. Right. It was like a tourist attraction. Like yeah. instead of going to an amusement park, you could go back in time. So they go back in time to see dinosaurs and they have to stay on this elevated walkway so that they don't touch anything, so that nothing is disturbed. Are you going to spoil? Because you should do a spoiler alert if that's what you're, if was, that's what you're planning on doing. I was getting to that part, the spoiler you, alert part. Okay. Okay. Spoiler alert. Oh, you're such a liar! One of the guys falls off the elevated walkway and, and crushes a butterfly, but he doesn't know it at the time. They go back to 2055, and uh, they see all these small but significant changes, and as he's taking his shoes off, he sees this butterfly crushed on the bottom of his boot. And so all of these changes in their present, 2055, was due to him accidentally crushing a butterfly in prehistoric times. Right. So is the Mandela effect a real thing? When I first heard about this, uh, you know, I was pretty skeptical about it. And, and most of the examples that I've read, I kind of go, eh, no, you know, either I never remembered it that way or there was some kind of a reasonable explanation for it. Sure. Probably one of the most famous examples is the Berenstain Bears or the Berenstain Bears scenario. Mm -hmm. Which I still like, I can't tell you which one is the real one. Because I'm my brain's so confused at this point. Many people remember Berenstein or Berenstein Bears, spelled the last syllable S T E I N. It's Berenstein Bears. Well, the truth is that their last name is actually Berenstein Bears. S T A I N. Berenstein Bears. It was never Berenstein or Berenstein Bears ever. Nor was it ever spelled S-T-E-I-N. Well, that's the that's the Mandela effect for you. Another example is the song by Queen, We Are the Champions. How does it end? Because we are the champions. 
of the world. Yeah, I see. It doesn't say that. It's just we are the champions. It ends cold. Um, like that. Well, in some releases, but there was a live version that they released that does say of the world. And yeah, that's that's so true. It's been widely heard and is No, you're talking about the Live Aid version. Not many people have listened to the Live Aid version. Well, that, I have. No, you haven't. You just read that because you've been reading over my shoulder. I have not. All right, let me ask you about this one. The Monopoly guy. Yes. The little Mr. Uncle Moneybags or right. whatever his name was. Does he wear a monocle? No. He does not wear a monocle. Many people remember him wearing a monocle. You know who I do think wears a monocle? The Pringles guy. Is that accurate? No, Mr. Peanut wears a monocle. Oh. The Pringles guy just has the big mustache. Also, the guy from um, Ace Ventura 2 that he throws over his shoulder and wears like a mink. He wears a monocle. Yeah. Okay. Remember that song, Barbie Girl by Aqua? Yes. Oh. I have nightmares about that song. It says, I'm a Barbie girl. What's the next line? In a Barbie world? It's actually in the Barbie world. It's not. It never was in a Barbie world. Well, couldn't that just be misheard lyrics? It could be, yes. I, yeah, yeah, I mean. It's cited as an example. Excuse right. me while I kiss this guy. Oscar Mayer, how do you spell the last name? M-E-Y-E-R or M-A-Y-E-R? Um... You're singing the jingle in your head, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like hot dogs. M-A-Y-E-R. But most people, or not most, but a lot of people remember it M-E-Y-E-R. Meyer spelled with an E. Curious George, that little cute monkey guy. Right. Does he have a tail or not? I don't know. That Those stories always creep me out because of that yellow jacket man. The man in the yellow hat? Yes. You're creeped out by the man in the yellow hat and yes. the curious George? Yeah. Why is that? Well, if you've read um, a lot of Stephen King, as I have, and uh, there are men in yellow jackets that show up in several of his stories in the Stephen King universe, and it creeps me out. And I read The Stand before I read Curious George, so, right. you know. Okay. Curious George does not have a tail. He doesn't? No, no. Why? What happened to it? All your questions about that are answered in the book, Curious George and the High Voltage Fence. That's horrible. Sex in the City. Sex and the City. It is Sex and the City. I was forced to watch an episode of that. Stephanie, I uh, still believe that you owe me for that time that I lost. Does Mickey Mouse have suspenders? No, but he has those round things on his belly. Yeah, big giant buttons. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you remember well. He does not wear suspenders. Many people think that he does. Well, I think those round things are confusing, and I think they lead people to believe like they're some sort of attachment device. Did it, Wait, did Willie the steam engine rodent wear suspenders? Steamboat Willie? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. He may have. Let's that, look it up. Oh, I made the mistake of just Googling Willie suspenders. That... That Ooh, is, that could be fun. That is not a cartoon character. No, he's uh, he's just got those weird pants. The Space Shuttle Challenger explosion. Many people think that the Challenger actually exploded. It didn't? What do you think it did? Did it not? Didn't it? Yes, it did. I'm just messing with your head. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> My little heart can't take this. Consider the bras on the doorknob. Uh, consider us even. All right, that Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt vampire movie, what's that called? 
Um, interview with the vampire. With the vampire. You went. Uh, you looked ahead at all my stuff, didn't no, you? No, I didn't. I'm, I'm also a huge Anne Rice fan. Though not so much into her porny stuff. That was never my bag. Anne Rice writes porny stuff? Well, she did. In the early days, a lot of her stuff was very porny. Porny? Like... Brown chicken, brown cow? Is that an Anne Rice novel? <laughs> brown chicken, brown cow. Oh! <laughs> gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Yes, it was the torrid love affair between two species that were never supposed to be. (laughs) (laughs) The brown chicken was tossed aside, spent, and smoking like a shotgun shell in the sand. You've already done that. I know, but I like to do that. Many people think that uh, the comedian Sinbad had a movie in the 90s where he played a wise-cracking, friendly genie. Um... Shaq was in yeah. a genie movie. Yeah, he was in uh, Kazam. Yes. Yeah, and I think that combined with because it was exactly that particular time period, and the fact that Sinbad that his name kind of conjures up. Yeah. Genie type of. Exactly. Well, I think there's a story, isn't there? Sinbad and the genie. Sinbad. Uh, yeah. Something. Seven nights. Seven nights of Sinbad. That's that another was- Anne Rice porn novel. <laughs> As soon as I said it, I was like, oh, that was a mistake. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Way to lob that one in. (laughs) All right. And this is really the only one that made me scratch my head. The Kennedy assassination. Kennedy was in the car. Right. And they were tootling about in front in like Dealey Plaza in, in Dallas. And how many people were in the car? Oh, um... I don't know. You've That's seen never... the Zabruder film a million times. Well, there, I know uh, Jackie was in the car, um, but she wasn't driving. Um, obviously, neither of them were. So three? Most people remember four. Who else? Oh, the, that's right, because there was a man who was also doing the... So four. Who? who there, there, how... actually, there actually were six. Six? Six people. What kind of car were they in? It was a Lincoln. <laughs> Lincoln. Yep. Okay. Most people only remember the fact that uh, there was Jackie and JFK in the back seat, right. and then Governor Conley and his wife right. in front of them. They forget, or I don't know, Mandela effect, that there were two people in front of them driving. That's right. Well, Secret Service people or something. I'm looking at this car now. And it makes sense that people would forget because the number of seats in that car don't make sense. Right. Or it's a Mandela effect. That's possible. Or the whole thing was made up and then this car was fabricated um, for the, I don't know what I'm saying, but the car doesn't make any sense. (laughs) In my memory, looking at the Zabruder film and all the documentaries that I've watched about JFK, and I've watched my share. You sure have. I've probably watched as many as anybody because there's too many unknown, unanswered questions, mm-hmm. and you're, it's up to me to find them, right. I feel. You're a questions and answers kind of guy. Yeah. Whereas I'm an answers and questions kind of gal, which is why I love Jeopardy so much. I only remember there being four people in the car, but if that were the case, mm-hmm. then uh, Governor Connolly's wife would have been driving, and that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Right. I don't even remember Governor Conley's wife at all being in the car. But like I said, looking at that photo, that car don't make no sense to my brain. That's a good one, though. That's the only one that made me kind of go, whoa, wait a minute. I There's one that I saw um, that kind of made me go, huh. And that was the uh, peanut butter one. Oh, Jif. A lot of people think that uh, it was called 
Jiffy. Yeah. Jiffy peanut butter. It's never been Jiffy. It's always been Jiff. The reason I did not include that one is because in my mind, I I figured out what that was all about. You figured it yeah, out? Yeah, I figured it all okay. out. Okay. Because I'm a, I'm a questions and answer guy. Right. Skippy has the Y at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Skippy. And so it's very easy to think that Jiff was Jiffy. It's just a confusion of products. I don't know. Well, maybe. Maybe. And also that ad, the choosy moms choose Jiff. Yeah. Choosy. Choosy moms choose Choosy Skippy Jiffy. Jiffy Jippy Skiffy. Well, I'm feeling really good about myself considering how many of those I seem to answer correctly. Well, I don't know. It just means that you have not had the privilege of traveling into alternate dimensions. That's true, I guess. Yeah. I didn't look at it that way. Ah. But that's what I love about you is you show me different ways of looking at things. Mandela Effect. The Box of Oddities. It's not for everyone. I think in the middle of this episode, ridiculous taxes that some governments impose on their citizens. In Germany, there's a television and radio tax. In the 70s, Germany introduced a special tax on citizens who owned radios and televisions. It amounts to about $20 a month, and it's used to run state-owned televisions and radio networks. They still do it? They still do it. Wow. Um, In Tokyo, uh, they're trying to stop global warming. One cow fart at a time. A key producer of methane, cow flatulence, is a leading cause of global warming. And uh, there are several countries that have begun taxing cattle owners on cow flatulence. The cow fart tax. Yep. Number three, in Uganda, there's a social media tax. It just went into effect June 1st of 2018. The highly controversial tax requires citizens using social media sites and apps like Facebook, WhatsApp, and Twitter, to pay 20 shillings or about 5 cents per day for usage. This is not a popular tax. No? When they first promoted this tax months earlier, the president of Uganda stated that the money recovered from the tax would allow the nation to, quote, cope with the consequences of gossiping. Okay, in Maine, which, by the way, is where we live... Uh, Wild blueberries are a very important agricultural industry, and without that tax, blueberries of Maine could be over-harvested. The state gets a penny and a half per pound, keeping the blueberry business in check. Hey, if you live in Tanzania and you want to blog, well, get ready to cough up about $440 a year to the government. (laughs) It's a blogging tax. What is the logic? I don't know what the logic is, but it says besides the tax, bloggers and creators of online content are also expected to register with the Tanzanian Communications Regulatory Authority and agree not to post offensive content. Oh. Like hate speech, fake news, or any kind of bad language. I am on board with two of those things. Uh, Me too, but... Who gets to decide what fake news is (laughs) and who gets to decide what hate speech is? Yeah. The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. Okay. What do you got? What you got, girl? What you got for me? What you got? Sorry. I just burst forth from my chest. Kind of like aliens. You're like a musical, musical alien. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you went with uh, the Mandela Effect because that was nice and light, and mine is not. Uh-oh. It's sad okay. and a little, little rough. So, um, yay! Here we go. Okay, are you familiar with Daisy and Violet Hilton? 
Normally, when you say the Hilton sisters, mm. you know, you picture like Paris and that other one. Are they, were they conjoined twins? Yes. I remember something about this, but, but I'm very much looking forward to hearing more. Well, um, don't because it's awful. Conjoined twins, Daisy and Violet Hilton, were born in the early 1900s in England. And at that time, of course, they were called Siamese twins. And they were connected at the hips and buttocks. At that time, they were not separated because it was feared that separating them would cause one or both of them to die. Of course, if if this was how they were connected now, today, they would undoubtedly do the surgery yeah. to separate them. Be no problem. Right. But they did have their own uh, organs. They only shared blood circulation. So really, it would have been a, a pretty simple procedure. Their mother, uh, Kate Skinner, was not married at the time that she gave birth to the twins, and she referred to them as monsters. Oh, my God. And she believed that they were punishment for her having uh, premarital sex and that uh, her indiscretions in life, This these Babies were her punishment. Oh, that's a great way to go into motherhood. So she sold them to a woman named Mary Hilton. Wait, wait. She sold them? Yeah. You could do that back then. Um, it, she, she was employed by this woman, and I don't know exactly what kind of transaction went down, but the twins referred to uh, Mary Hilton as auntie, and it was not long before she realized that she could really capitalize on on these children. In the meantime, their birth mother, Kate Skinner, had two more babies, and then she ended up dying due to complications during childbirth. So Mary Hilton almost immediately took to uh, displaying the girls in a pub. They would go to a, a local pub and kind of put them up on a stage oh. and um, for the right price, people could examine the girls and see like how they were conjoined. They said in a memoir that they wrote, our earliest and only recollections are the uh, penetrating smell of brown ale, cigars and pipes and the movements of visitors' hands, which were forever lifting our baby clothes to oh. see just how we were attached oh my, to each other. My God, that's horrifying. It's just heartbreaking. The sisters were then uh, taken on tour uh, around 1911. Uh, they were three, and they were f referred to as the United Twins. Uh, they took them through Germany and Australia and then the States. This lady, Hilton, bought them as an investment. Yeah. God, that's unreal. It's horrible. And she had... Uh, this Hilton chick had several man friends throughout the years, and it no. was it was said re that repeatedly the girls were um, both physically and mentally abused by um, not just this woman, but her her suitors. I, I don't even know what to say about that. Wow, that's horrifying. In 1926, Bob Hope formed an act called the Dance Medians with the sisters, who had a tap dancing routine, and then Mary Hilton died. And they were bequeathed to Mary's daughter, whose name was Edith Myers, and her husband. They took over management of the twins, and the girls referred to them as their owners. Wow. So, yeah, they were very, in a very real sense, property. Exactly. 
The Myers kept them out of public view for a while and trained them in jazz music. They were not schooled or even homeschooled. They were just to focus on the tricks that they could do to to then make money for the Myers. Violet was a skilled saxophonist and Daisy a violinist. And if uh, they were not practicing the way that, that the Myers felt they should be, they were beaten. So the twins really started making an impact on audiences in the 1920s. They were teenagers and just adorable. And they appeared alongside vaudeville icons like Charlie Chaplin and, as I mentioned, Bob Hope. Um, they were earning up to $5,000 a week at one point um, because they were such an unusual act and because they were both so talented. Mm. So out of that 5000 did they get to keep any of it? Oh, no. They no, never no. were allowed to have any of their money or um, even really be aware of what kind of money they were bringing in. They weren't allowed to be a part of that in mm. any way mm. um, because it wasn't their money. It was, um, you know, they were, as you mentioned, property. So they were earning for their owners. The famous illusionist Harry Houdini took an interest in the girls and after learning more about their situation, um, advised them to help themselves. They didn't realize how famous they were. Um, and so he let them in on the idea that maybe they had some some opportunities. So they read newspapers and other media and were shocked to find out that they were actually pretty well known. And they sued for independence from the Myers. They were 21 years old at the time, and the judge was actually blown away because no one had told them that they were adults. I mean, they just didn't know. So they were helped um, in being liberated from their abusive guardians. And their world kind of opened up, which included romance. They, of course, were not told anything about anything. But nature takes its course and, you know, kind of figure things out on your own yeah but certainly there would be obstacles and sure. hurdles in their instance that you, you got a lot more figuring out to do than the average person yeah so how did they handle it violet was quoted as saying i just turn over and read a book and eat an apple <laughs> sure sure i think a lot of people still do that especially if it's an Anne rice novel one of those early porny ones. Each of the sisters was married at one point. Um, at different times, though, Violet had applied for a license to marry a musician, but she was denied that license in 21 states because it was considered immoral and indecent. However, she and Daisy both did get married, but mo neither of the marriages lasted very long. In 1936, Violet married gay actor James Moore. That was a publicity stunt. That marriage lasted 10 years on paper, but was eventually annulled. And in 1941, Daisy married Harold Estep, better known as dancer Buddy Sawyer, who was also gay. And they were only married for 10 days. Yeah, trying to advance one's career in Hollywood in those days, if you were gay, was next to impossible. You, you had to hide it. You had to... Um, pretend to be married to so you know it's it's amazing yeah i mean the the struggles for everyone in, involved in these relationships uh, it's it's pretty intense um so in uh, 1961 the girls had their last public appearance it was at a drive-in in charlotte north carolina 
So their tour manager set this up for them and then um, abandoned them there with no means of transportation or income. He took the cash that they had made from that event and took off. They didn't have anywhere to go or any money, um, so they just got a job at a grocery store and worked there for the rest of their lives. They never left the town that they were abandoned in. Right. I mean, at this point, these girls had just been used and exploited over and over and over again, and they had no way to advocate for themselves. Um, they they did have that small um, kind of window of, of hope in that they were emancipated from those that, that just abused them terribly, but they just found other people who were willing to take advantage of them. Well, it would seem to me that they clearly were not giving given any kind of skills right. in order to, as you say, advocate for themselves. They didn't know how to take care of themselves. Well, how could they? It's like anyone who has um, grown up seeing abusive relationships. You know, you, you, you understand that as normal or you just don't know how to expect something different. And so even if you leave that, that one abusive relationship, so often someone else who is looking for someone to take advantage of will find you. Mm. It's just, it's terrible. The cycle of abuse that people can find themselves in over and over again. This is, this is a horrible example of exactly that. Um, it was in January of 1969. Uh, they failed to report to work and their boss called the police and the twins were found dead in their home. And this was only um, eight years after the, the drive-in situation. So they were um, they worked at this grocery store for eight years, um, apparently were very good employees because their boss knew right away that something was wrong. Um, the twins were found dead in their home of the flu. And unfortunately, it appears as though Daisy died first and Violet passed away several days later. No. Um, no. She, because she also had the flu, it's believed that she was too weak with the flu to do anything about the fact that her sister had just passed. But, but what would you do anyway? What would you do? Oh, my God. It's horrible. Uh, The two were 60 years old at that time. So they did have, um, even though it's in the article that I read, or one of the articles that I read, which, by the way, so much of this came from Ranker and Wikipedia, and then um, two others, which I didn't really take a lot from them because they were written in such a way that made me feel kind of yicky inside. Um, What do you mean? Like, they, it used the certain words really freely that, didn't feel right okay and one of the articles mentioned how they worked as lowly grocery store baggers or something like that and it just it seems to me that probably working in that grocery store was the most freedom that they had sure and so it just it just felt gross i didn't like it so i am i'm not taking anything from from those let's just say ranker and wikipedia so they were 60 years old when they died and they were buried in forest lawn west cemetery in charlotte north carolina so that is the just tragic and heartbreaking uh story of the Hilton twins. Now you had mentioned the, the cycle of abuse that uh, that they found themselves in, and, and how people can find themselves in in the exact same type of situation where it's all they know, it's mm. all they understand, right. and sometimes they don't even realize 
that they're in this abusive relationship right. because they have nothing to compare it to. And so often those who are doing the abusing are master manipulators yeah. and will gaslight the hell out of you so that you believe that you aren't worth not being treated this way. Right, right, exactly. But if you are in a situation like that, I mean, I'm here to tell you, you don't deserve it. No, you don't deserve it. And there are ways out. Anyway, it's awful and... I brought this party down. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. You know, it's something that we need to remember. And the thing is, it's not, like you said, it's not just history and it's not just being beaten with a belt and it's not just, it's, you know, we're, we are currently helping a friend get out of an, a very abusive relationship. And the thing is, it was just constant emotional abuse and yeah. manipulation. And that's the kind of thing that's the most hard to even see. That's, that is, that's the thing. You don't even see it. When you're, when you're being subjected to it, you don't even see it. You don't recognize it. You just know somewhere deep inside that um, something's not right. Right. And so if you feel that maybe that's happening with you, the first step would be to recognize that and then seek some help. Okay, then. Well, I love you. <laughs> I love you, too. Okay, everybody. See you next time. <laughs> Please come back, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah. So... Uh, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention they they were in a couple of movies. One was the the exploitation film Freaks, Freaks, and also in one called Chained for Life, which was about conjoined twins getting married, and it was again just gross and awful. And please don't watch it. We love getting correspondence from you. Please uh, feel free to shoot us an email at any time, curator at the box of oddities dot com, or send us a message uh, on our social media: Instagram, Twitter. Facebook, Tinder, no. swipe right. No, or it's is it not, left? No, I don't know. We, no, we don't have a twin. Tinder. Twinder. Twinder. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm all bummed out now. <laughs> I feel like the Cecil Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Okay, so um, this two episodes a week thing has been amazing and I'm digging it. Yeah. And uh, so it'll be just a couple days and we'll get at you again. And please come back. It's not all going to be sad. <laughs> I will talk about puppies next time. We've got, we've got the next episode drops in a couple of days and uh, we look forward to, uh, to hanging out with you again. In the meantime, keep flying that freak flag. Fly it proudly. Fly it proudly. And so... Let it be known that the Box of Oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those I report to, to beseech you for assistance. The Box of Oddities is free. We ask but one thing of you, to provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com on Facebook at facebook.com slash Box of Oddities Podcast. On Twitter at Box of Oddities. 
and Instagram at Box of Oddities Podcast. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. Never say you never fall in love. Never say you don't like dreaming of a cozy cottage, a garden key, and tiny feet to empty welcome you. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast.